0: proverbs chapter 11 bible tells us in the new testament whether therefore ye eat or drink or whatsoever ye do do all to the glory of god so there's nothing that we are involved in uh, that is not supposed to be focused on honoring god And I would say as an introduction to tonight's Bible study, that includes our speech, everything we say. Proverbs, we're talking about, we're, we're dealing with topics. We've been three or four different topics here in Proverbs chapter 11. We're not trying to hit every verse. That would be an eternal project. But I want you to notice verse number 13. Proverbs 11:13 says, "A talebearer revealeth secrets, but he that is of a faithful spirit concealeth the matter. Keep your finger here because we'll come back and go to Proverbs chapter 18. Proverbs 18, verse number8, 18:8. The words of a talebearer are as wounds and they go down into the innermost parts of the belly chapter 20 Proverbs chapter 20 and look at verse 19 2019 he that goeth about as a talebearer revealeth secrets Therefore, meddle not with him that flattereth with his lips. And one more, Proverbs 26. There are two references here in Proverbs 26. Look at verse number 20. Where no wood is, there the fire goeth out. So where there is no talebearer, the strife ceaseth. As coals are to burning coals and wood to fire, so is a contentious man to kindle strife. The words of a talebearer are as wounds, and they go down into the innermost parts of the belly. So, five different references in Proverbs use this word, talebearer. The only other time you find it in the Bible is one time in the book of Leviticus, chapter 19. Now, there are two different Hebrew words that are translated talebearer in our King James Bible. One means a slanderer or a scandal monger. The word literally has the idea of a snake slithering on the ground or someone walking. It has the idea of carrying this kind of news out and about. The other word simply means a slanderer or a whisperer. So what is a tail bearer? That's not a word that we would often use in 2022. Break it in half. It's a bearer of tales. Somebody who reveals something that they've heard or something that they know, but they have the intent of hurting. They are a tail bearer. What they say may be true. But if it's not beneficial, if it's not helpful, and if it's not healing, then what was the point in telling it? The dictionary defines a talebearer as one who spreads malicious stories. The more common word that we would use would be a gossip. But it's closely related to slander. You know, slander is... Somebody can be sued for slander. The legal definition of slander is speaking defamatory statements injurious to the reputation or well being of a person. So it's saying something slanderous that's harming a person's reputation that could cost them financially, and so they're suing to recoup those potential losses. Proverbs 10:18 says, "He that hideth hatred with lying lips, and he that uttereth a slander is a fool." So what I've done is I've taken these five proverbs and come up with and the one Leviticus reference, because some of them are parallel. I'm going to give you four principles about the trouble of a talebearer. Number one, a talebearer reveals things that they should not. They reveal things that they should not. Here in our text, a talebearer revealeth secrets, but he that is of a faithful spirit concealeth the matter. They reveal things they should have concealed. In doing so, there's great potential for harming the person whose story they're telling. Now the verse goes on, it says they reveal secrets. The word secret is a relational word. It's not just something that I know nobody else knows, it's something I know about somebody close to me. It's like a person in close counsel or deliberation, an intimate friend, a talebearer reveals things they know about a close intimate that should not be revealed. Now, it's not necessarily saying that it's a sin. They're helping co- uh, reveal a sin because that is more helpful to the person, not hurtful. It's not like it's a conspiracy. That, that's not what it is. It's something that in confidence was shared that should not have been spoken again. It was shared because you were trusted. It was shared because they thought you would pray for them in the spiritual context. It was shared because it was a burden and they needed somebody to bear the burden with them. But to go and to begin telling other people, you're telling tales that are not yours to tell. If there's, you know, there's a lot of things about social media I don't like, but if there's one thing I don't like, it's like some people, as soon as they hear something, they don't want to know if it's true. They don't want to verify if it really happened. They just want to put it on social media. They want to be the first. But what if it's a, a, a birth announcement, but they're not ready for the world to know? What if it's a gender reveal? They're not ready for the world to know. You're spilling the beans on, and now those are innocuous things because ultimately people will know. There are certain people that as you go through life, you just don't tell them, why? because they don't know how to keep their own counsel. That's my wife's phrase. I don't know where she got that, but I, I like it. Uh, they don't know how to keep things to themselves. Anything that enters their ear, it's not connected with their brain or their heart. It's connected to a nerve to their tongue and it's got a flap. That's a tail It doesn't have to be malicious gossip. It doesn't have to be unkind uh, slander. It's just saying things that are not yours to say but the end of the verse says but a person he that is of a faithful spirit concealeth the matter who's a person with a faithful spirit well literally it speaks of somebody who's trustworthy proverbs 10 12 hatred stirth up strifes, but love covereth all sins you know when a person messes up and they get right with God, the last thing they need is for that to be repeated. Love covers. I'm I'm, I'm not going to cover up your wrong, but when you're doing right, when you're trying to go forward for God, I'm not going to try and kick you down by spreading it. Love covers all sins. Proverbs seventeen nine. He that covereth a transgression seeketh love. This is the opposite person. This is a person who is trying to cover up somebody doing wrong. They're trying to ingratiate themselves with the person. But he that repeateth the matter separateth very friends. A talebearer reveals things they should not. By the way, just a little bit of practical counsel on that. If somebody will tell you things about others, you can be assured they're telling others things about you. It's in their DNA. The talebearer shares things they shouldn't. Number two, turn to Proverbs 18. Proverbs 18.8. The words of a talebearer are as wounds and they go down into their innermost parts of the belly. That's quoted again in Proverbs 26:22 which we read earlier but it's exact same wording. The words of a talebearer are as wounds. Did you ever get hurt by something a kid said when you were young and your mom said well, Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me, and she was trying to make you feel better. Can I tell you something? Your mom lied. Words hurt. They stick with you a lot longer than the broken bone or the bruise. In fact, I've counseled people, words said to them as a young person, 40 years later is still a grievous wound. Words hurt. You know, I can forget a lot of things. In fact, I do forget a lot of things. And as I'm getting older, I realize I'm forgetting a whole lot more. That's getting scary. But painful experiences of things people said are things you never forget. This word wounds has two different meanings. One, you could say active and the other passive. Actively, this word wound means a burn. Burns are some of the worst injuries you can ever experience. It, it penetrates, it's deep, it hurts for a lot longer than a cut or a bruise. Some stick with you forever, and it's saying that these verbal wounds penetrate to our hearts. It says, the words of a tail bearer are as wounds, go down to the innermost parts of the belly. Psalm 52 two says, The tongue, thy tongue, deviseth mischiefs like a sharp razor, working deceitfully. Some people are excellent. At verbal judo, others are like a vegematic. They're able to slice and dice without thought. We need to be careful about the wounds of our words. I said there was an active and a passive. The passive meaning of that word wounds is something gulped down. It's sort of a word picture of a fish going after that tasty morsel they don't they don't nibble at it they don't slowly uh, chew it up I mean they just gulp and it's gone and there's something about our human depravity that gulps down without caution and without carefulness those verbal tidbits that we're told but first Thessalonians five eleven says we're not to be harming We're not to be wounding, we're to be edifying one another. The Bible repeatedly tells us, wherefore, come yourselves together and edify one another. What does the word edify mean? It means to build up, to strengthen, to shore up. There are certain people in our church that God has given them a ministry of edification to me. Whether it's a written note, whether it's a spoken word whether it's an email whether it's a text at at moments when i'm just wondering you know what on earth is going on god will send a minister of edification to encourage me but all of us ought to be doing that to, you know others and if we're all working at it it's amazing how we can stay encouraged. So a tailbearer shares things they shouldn't. Secondly, a tailbearer hurts and wounds. They don't help or heal. Number three, turn to Proverbs 26. Proverbs 26 and look at verse 20. Where no wood is, there the fire goes out. So where there is no tail bearer, the strife ceaseth. As coals are to burning coals and wood to fire, so is a contentious man to kindle strife. And one of the things uh, that we enjoyed doing in Michigan in the fall of the year, they would have campfires and the teens would go out and they'd sing somebody's farm or whatever. But you know what? As long as you're putting wood on the fire, guess what? The fire's not going out. It'll just go on and on and on. As long as there's wood added. that fire's going on. You want to know how to have that campfire die out? Pull away the fuel. What this verse is saying is, a tail keeps stirring up trouble. They don't help end trouble. It says... Where there is no tail bearer, the strife ceaseth. Strife, bitterness, hurts, bad memories stay stirred up if we keep adding wood to that tail bearing fire. Proverbs sixteen twenty-seven says, An ungodly man diggeth up evil, and in his lips there is as a burning fire A froward man soweth strife, and a whisperer separateth chief chief friends. Look, folks, as I said already, our words are powerful. What we say leaves a lasting impression, sometimes for a lifetime. As some people, as they are getting close to passing from this life to eternity, they have the opportunity to gather friends or family and give parting words of encouragement and words that are significant. Those final words you hear from a loved one means so much. Often we don't have those opportunities. The death is sudden or the disease system took over or there was a stroke or whatever. I've got a book, famous, uh, Last Words of Famous People saved and unsaved, some dramatic things that they said at the end of their life. But you know, if somebody that's close to you, family, friend, they never got to hear you say anything to uh, to them again, would your last words be building or blasting? That's convicting. Now, we've read through the years stories about couples and you know, for whatever reason, they left sort of on a bad note, car accident, whatever happened. And the testimony was, I never got to say, I love you that last time. We've, we need to understand the, the, the words that God gives us are treasures and we are to guard our tongues and use our speech Wisely. And as God's people, we are to people be people who endeavor for the unity of the body and to be promoters of peace. Now, not peace at any cost, but peace within the family of God. We're not to be, as Second Thessalonians 3 described, working not at all, but busybodies, walking among the congregation disorderly. The next verse says, Now them that are such, we command and exhort by our Lord Jesus Christ that with quietness they work and eat their own bread. I don't want to be known as somebody who constantly stirred up trouble. I don't want my testimony, I, I'm afraid, I'm sure there's too many times that has been true. I, I don't want my words to be such that I kept the, the strife going, but rather I was somebody that, was throwing sand on that fire and putting it out. You know, my ministry has been walking into volatile situations in all three churches, trying to calm the water so the church could get well and go forward. By God's grace, he's graciously allowed us to enjoy some of that. But let's go back to Leviticus 19 for the fourth principle and the only time the word is used outside the book of Proverbs Leviticus 19 the three chapters surrounding the chapter we're going to look at we're just going to read one verse for sake of time but there are 24 times in these three chapters where God says thou shalt not It is an imperative command to cease and desist a particular practice activity. Notice Leviticus 19 verse 16. Thou shalt not go up and down as a tailbearer among thy people. Neither shalt thou stand against the blood of thy neighbor. I am the Lord. Unfortunately, tailbearing and talking about people is, for some people, their most common and favorite form of entertainment. For others, it may just be a habit of life. Maybe they grew up in a home where talk about people was the common conversation. But as somebody wisely said, minds who talk about people are common. Minds who talk about things are are above common, minds that talk about ideas are superior. You know, there's so many other things for us to talk about than talking about people. Guess what, we all have foibles. We all have weaknesses. We all fail. And if we would just practice a little maxim, always talk about others like you would like others to talk about you, it would really solve a lot of these problems. But based on Leviticus 19, what we need to recognize is to be a talebearer is sin. God said, thou shalt not. Don't do this. Don't ever do this. Not one time. And all sin has consequences. Some people just want to know. But when people figure that out, they don't want them to know. Why? Because you can't trust them. You see, for some, Satan is as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. For others, he's subtle as a serpent, sowing seeds of discord by the tongue of a talebearer. One writer said, nothing's easier than fault finding. It takes no talent, no self-denial, no brains, and no character required to set up in the grumbling business. Another writer said, faults are like the headlights of a car. Others always seem more glaring than your own. (laughs) That's true. And God commands us, thou shalt not go up and down as a tailbearer among thy people. So in these final few minutes, let me give you three ways we can avoid being a tailbearer. Let's turn it to a positive here. Number one, if you are not absolutely certain of its truthfulness, don't repeat it. You know, just because somebody told it to you doesn't make what they said true. That's true about the news media also, but that's a whole other topic. Just because somebody said it to you doesn't make it true. There's two sides to every story. You'll you'll save yourself a lot of headache before before you jump to a conclusion or draw a conclusion that that you've listened. Exodus 23.1 says, Thou shalt not raise a false report. Put not thy hand with the wicked to be an unrighteous witness. If you can't verify it, if you don't know it to be true, then absolutely do not say it. The Proverbs say in Proverbs 17, 14, the beginning of strife as is one letteth out water. Therefore, leave off contention before it be meddled with. Have you ever had uh, like a, a, a water dam holding back water and you're trying to get it so that the water can flow? The only way to do that, if it's a, a very much water at all, is to pull it away from one side or lower it at the at the top so water can start flowing over but once you start doing that you're not going to stop it i'm talking about man-made handmade nothing hydraulics i'm sure you've all seen the those funny incidents where somebody's got an above ground pool and somebody leans against it and the water starts and it's all over but the shouting you know now you've got a flood in the backyard that's exactly the picture god says if strife begins like letting out a little bit of water, but then it becomes an uncontrollable torrent of water that you can't hold back. So number one, if you don't know it to be absolutely true, never repeat it. Number two, if you're not going to the source to help resolve the problem, don't repeat it. If you're not going to the source to help resolve a problem don't repeat it remember that simple definition of gossip i've said it to you before if you're not talking to the to the uh, part of the problem or somebody who can help solve it it's gossip it's a huge mistake to take these kind of problems outside the realm of spiritual authority that can help solve them because what might have been solved quite easily with an apology with a correction with truthfulness and even be forgiven by God's grace when it starts spreading it's like that torrent of water you can't get it back it's like the lady came to her pastor many many years ago and she said pastor I've got a problem with my tongue I'm always talking I'm hurting people and I need to get this right what can I do He took her to his porch and he took a pillow and ripped it open and shook the feathers out and there's a little breeze and they blew all over the town. He said, go pick them all up. She said, that's impossible. He said, that's exactly right. Think about that next time you say something. You can't pick it all up. Proverbs 25, nine, debate thy cause with thy neighbor himself and discover not a secret to another. Just because you know something, just because somebody's confided in you, you gotta treasure that and never repeat it. I've often said one of Jan's greatest strengths is that she will never violate a confidence. You tell my wife something and you don't give her permission to tell me, she won't even tell me. She values that in her friends and she values that to be that kind of friend. So unless it's absolutely true, you know it to be true, never repeat it. Unless you're going to the source to try and help solve it, never repeat it. Number three, if it doesn't help, don't repeat it. Do You know, sometimes we know things, but we can't solve them. It's not our problem. We're not, We're not in the middle of it. The best thing we can do is pray and not talk. James speaks often about our tongue. James 1 26 talks about bridling our tongue. What what do you use a bridle for? A bridle keeps a horse under control. We need to keep our tongues under control. God's given us this wonderful gift of communication. I know people say animals communicate. I'm very skeptical, they don't have souls. No, they're not going to heaven. I just thought I'd throw that out there for, irritate the animal lovers. Nothing else gets to communicate like people do. But with every privilege is responsibility. We have the privilege of communication, we have the responsibility to use it in a God-honoring way, whether therefore you eat or drink, or whatsoever ye do, do all to the glory of God. I mentioned a couple weeks ago, having to take high school speech as a senior, I hated it. Our class verse, so the one good thing that came out of that class, Colossians 4, 6, let your speech be all way with grace. Those three words are powerfully convicting. Are my words always with grace? Then, then, Not 99.9% of the time, always. Let your words be, let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that ye may know how you ought to answer every man. Proverbs 12, 18, there is that speaketh like the piercings of a sword. Boy, you don't want to be known for that. But the tongue of the wise, is health now i know some people are you know protesting all these uh animal shows like uh, marine land and sea world and all those places my personally i always enjoyed those animal shows i thought it was fascinating to watch a a trainer get those beluga whales that weigh thirty-four thousand pounds to leap out of the water until their tails above the surface for a handful of slimy fish, that's amazing to me. Another, you know, those uh, killer whales—what are they kind of, what are, whatever kind of whale they are—they can get them to totally jump over a rope. You sit there for an hour watching whales and dolphins and you know seals and all those sea lions do all these cool things, but they're just—they've just been trained to do that. It's just a. A response to a treat, basically. Just like you getting your dog to jump and sit and roll and play dead and all the stuff you get your dog to do. But it's a great illustration of James 3:7. For every kind of beast and birds and serpents of the things of the sea is tamed and hath been tamed of mankind, but the tongue can no man tame. Folks, every day, almost, I'm sure, if I were really sensitive to the Spirit of God, I would, I've said things that I shouldn't say. And so have you, right? What do we need to do? We need to submit our tongue to the Spirit of God so that we don't fail God's expectations for this wonderful gift of communication and speech. That our speech be uplifting and building and loving and encouraging, not wounding and hurting and building the fire of strife instead of quenching the fire. Let's not be tail bearers. Let's make certain that as Proverbs has taught us that we're not spreading things that don't need to be spread. Spreading things we don't have the right to spread. You know, you can know something and not say something. It's possible and we need to because the person who can do anything about it is the one we can talk to freely on our knees. And let him do what only he can do. Let's not be a tail bearer. Pretty powerful. I didn't tell you what the topic was, nobody would have come. Everybody would have blamed the snowstorm. So I snuck it in on you. Not because I'm angry, but because we all need it.